get grounded into your body. Do stuff that makes your body feel good. Because when your body feels good, you're going to be more in your body versus your head. And you're going to be a, you're going to be able to observe better than react. So do something with your body. Go for a walk or meditate, even if it's just for a minute. Empaths and narcissists. They're a toxic but all too common partnership. Today, we pull back the layers to identify the patterns between both. As a psychic and love coach, my guest today lays out her favorite tips to foster self-love. If you feel a void for love, implement these tips instead of seeking external fulfillment because you are the only one who can give yourself everything you could ever want and need. This episode is especially for people like myself who identify with being an empath, so I hope you enjoy this and can take this as an opportunity to learn more about yourself. Welcome back to another episode of Positive AF Podcast. I'm your host, Des DaCosta, and today I invited one of my best friends to chat. She's an intuitive psychic and spiritual coach. What she does is she guides women to claim their power and achieve relationship success through deep inner work and guidance from the spirit. So Ray Grillo, welcome to Positive AF. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, girl, like, honestly, I don't know why I didn't have you on sooner, because it just makes perfect sense. You're one of my closest friends. And I've learned so much from you. Honestly, guys, like my personal journey, I wouldn't be where I am right now without help from Ray. So I hope you get a lot of value from what she is gonna drop on this podcast episode. So yeah, be sure to listen and Here we go. Your first question is always the same for everybody, but I would love to know, what are you grateful for right now? Well, I uh, am extremely grateful, honestly, just thinking about this today of all of the opportunities that have just come my way and opportunities of growth per se. (laughs) Um, Usually this like, you know, entails like not so great circumstances but I am I have been I'm grateful for what I went through and I'm also really grateful for all the people in my life and all the connections that the universe has just been like in me I feel like I've been attracting wonderful people and like especially like you in our like inner circle and I'm just just so grateful for it me too man I swear like you and all of our really close friends shout out to the inner circle like you guys keep me grounded and I think I would love to get into some of those um, grounding and healing practices that I know you preach so much and um, but before we do that you know I know you talked a little bit about the darkness and having to go through that and but being grateful for it Um, tell me a little bit about your story like what is your story Well, born and raised in Vegas. Um, I mean, I didn't grow up in the best, (laughs) like in the best neighborhoods and stuff, Um, East Las Vegas. And so uh, just like being in that area and um, just seeing that, like having that outlook on life, it's more of like, um, I feel you're surrounded by a lot of like the scarcity mindset and usually more just like troubling and more in need of help um, community. 
And so, but I've also grew up in a school and like went to high school with kids who, it was like the different spectrum on the east side of Las Vegas. It's like, you have like the, like in the same school, you have all of the kids who like didn't have any money and then all of the kids that had money. So, I mean, and I grew up on more of like the lower income bringing in. Um, and I had like divorced parents and everything. And so a lot, and I have like narcissistic parenting as well in my life. And so I've been mostly surrounded by, because of my parenting, like narcissistic people and people that had narcissistic tendencies and also just like the actual disorder, like where they have the narcissistic personality disorder. And I used to think that was like love, like that type of uh, attention and like sort of ego seeking. And so I ended up actually meeting my husband at an EDC one year and he turned out like, you know, narcissists, they're like charming and they're just like, yes, so charming when you meet them. And so when I met my husband, I felt like it was like, you know, match made in heaven and me being an empath, like it's just, they're going to connect. And him, he was also, he ended up being my twin flame. And so that was like, he was the ignition for my spirit awakening. Um, and so like, <laughs> I went through many dark times with this and um, it sort of just made me open up and realize like the different types of patterns that I had within my life. And I mean, we had our son and I love my son and, um, and he has been just having children in general is like the thing that I feel will help you grow, like get it together. You gotta, you gotta go for it, you know? And so Lennon, um, who's my son is definitely one of those big, like contributing factors to my growth. Uh, and also just showed me more like, like, I guess I what, what real love is real nurturing. And so I uh, started when we, me and Dan had Lennon and like, we got married and like two, I'm gonna say like two, three, two years in, we decided to separate. I had to honestly get away from him because I was so drained. I just wanted to, you know, as an impact, like I wanted to fix as a wounded impact, I should say, I wanted to fix this person, like people pleasing, um, that whole aspect. And so that I call like my spiritual awakening 2.0 because I with like before I like was dabbling in spirituality and then a little bit after, um, about, well, no, I want to say like about five years in, like he was totally into spirituality or saying he was, and then moved to like, it's not, like, why are you into that stuff? Like, we, like, we're adults now, like, you can't be into that. So I strayed away from it for the longest time until I was like, okay, well, I have to, you know, connect back with that. I kept just get, getting signs that I needed to connect back with source and everything. And so that was like my lowest point, November of 2018, like even like a little bit before, like a month before then, um, that was like my lowest point, honestly. I was so drained. I didn't enjoy life. Uh, I uh, was ambitious and like my work, like I ran Las Vegas's voted best chapel wedding flower, like their floral department there. 
And I mean, at 23, I feel like that, like it went to like show like I was ambitious and I, like I wanted something bigger and greater for myself. And so I just got, I just did it really fast. I got up into that management role and then I sort of realized as well that that, I guess it's a little bit later, but <laughs> I realized that that wasn't like my life purpose. And, um, but in November, 2018, when I got that management role, the chapel, I'm so ever grateful. They ended up putting me into like a mindset or leadership seminar and their size seminars. And so when I did that and I did that like inner work and healing, and I just learned more about myself, I was like, I need to do more of this. And so I continued on to like the series of classes. And I went to their second class, which was size seven. It's like seven days on this beautiful ranch and um, just learned a lot about myself. And so since then, I've just been diving into the work and I fell in love with it. I started mentoring students to keep up on the work and to keep exercising like my mindset um, right after that. So I would say 2019 was Sid Center. And that's how I ended up becoming a spirit spiritual life and love coach. And my, so in the end of 2019, uh, as you know, my husband ended up passing away. And so that was the point where I was like, I can't be doing flowers anymore. I can't. Um, and I moved jobs as well. I moved from the chapel to a different event company where I felt like I was going to learn and grow and expand more. And I helped them run their floor department. And it just didn't resonate with me anymore. Like, I feel like I had a different purpose, a different thing I needed to do. And that was, and that's how I got to where I am now and to use my gifts and utilize it and show other people that do it too. And hopefully inspire other women to claim their power and achieve that relationship success. Wow. Thank you, Ray, for taking us through that. Yes, that's awesome. And at the same time, I appreciate you being vulnerable with your story because there are so many layers of healing, but through that healing, you do provide a lot of inspiration as well. And that's why you're here. I believe truly that's why we connected at this level as well. You know, um, I do have some questions because that was a lot to unpack. And I also want to know more about how you help people, but we can get into that a little bit more after this. And I want to know, do you feel like the passing of your husband, would you say that was the specific event that helped to propel your personal development? Would you say that's when a lot changed in your life? That for sure kicked my butt into gear. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, like life is too short and we weren't like in the best stage. Like we, I mean, we would talk to each other at the time, like we stayed married. Uh, I feel like there was always that underlying thing, but it's like, I knew myself, I couldn't go back to that. And he had a lot of issues too, that mm. he wasn't willing to fix, but like life is just too short, but he definitely uh, had the most impact on why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. Yeah, you mentioned some terms that I really would like to dig, dig deeper into. Like, what, what would you describe as a wounded empath? So a wounded empath is sort of, 
I feel like a wounded empath does things out of manipulation in a way. It's like sort of like a codependent empath. It's like empaths are here because they're light workers. Sometimes they don't even know that they're an empath and they don't know that they're a light worker. And what the ego likes to do is, you know, have that control and to have people or their circumstances that are, ex that are external of that person or that wounded empath, they try and to manipulate people, things, or whatever their outside circumstances so that it can fit them. It's like, you know, like people pleasing, like people pleasers. It's a type of manipulation when you think about it because you're pretending to be something that you're not. And impasse will sort of try and fit into something because they want to please people or they want to like, they want people to like them because they want to be able to like fix them later or develop relationships with let's say a narcissist. And so what happens is like, they're like, oh, okay, this person, if I give them love, attention, whatever, and I help them, then I should be able to receive that love back. And that's never the case. And so wounded empath usually attracts They are more in their like shadow side and they just more so manipulate things so that they can receive that love and attention versus facing it inward. So it sounds like the relationship between an empath and a narcissist are almost doomed to be together. Like the their traits yeah. seem to kind of like yin and yang each other to the point where they a lot of the times do end up together <laughs> i don't know how else to describe it yeah. it's almost like <laughs> they definitely um, attract each other <laughs> yeah they attract each other that's so crazy um so like what would you say to somebody who might be in a relationship who is an empath, who's a wounded empath, and may not have known that this person, that they are wounded empaths, you know? Like, what would you tell them for them to feel as if they can become awakened to, you know, what their, what their traits are? Well, I mean, first is that they have to be willing to dive in and really not be in denial about what's going on. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like a, the biggest reality check is not being in denial and like facing the like, why did you end up with this narcissistic person? Uh, why are you attracting like these people with narcissistic tendencies or people with the disorder? And really dive in. Is it like your codependency? Like, are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Like, are you looking external of yourself for this love and validation that you're seeking? And also a lot of it could be in like within their childhood, like looking back at their parents or grandparents or whoever raised them and in the patterns. So a lot of reflection, <laughs> uh, most definitely. But I mean, it's all about healing. And like the more healing that you do, the more your vibration is going to raise. And like the more healing that you do, like you're able to, you're going to be able to set boundaries, especially as an empath when you come in contact, like in contact with like other people's energetic fields, like you are feeling what they're feeling. And so it's, it can be hard to set boundaries. And a lot of the time impasse are, I'm going to say created, but like it happens because of childhood and in their, in their life, they're probably used to inconsistency and chaos. 
And so that's what they look out for. That's sort of their refuge. That's home to them, that chaos and that inconsistency. And so it's sort of, you have to sort of parent yourself into being in a secure, safe place and that that's normal. And it might be boring too. It probably will be really boring for a wounded empath if you're used to that inconsistency and that chaos because there's no drama. <laughs> but that's where that self-care, self-love is and knowing what you're worth. I think a lot of empaths that are wounded, they don't know what they're worth. And so it's diving in and figuring that out. Nice. Yeah, I definitely resonate with a lot of that. You and I have had multiple conversations on this topic. And I'll say for myself, I think the biggest thing that plagues me, and I say plagues because I'm still working through it, is codependency. And I Mm -hmm. would say that I'm pretty empathic. And so with that combination, it could lead me or and has led me into a lot of negative relationships. And even like friends, Mm -hmm. you know, I realize now, looking back, like, it's easier for me to have identified that about myself. And now looking back, even in my relationships with friends in high school, and even friends in, in kindergarten, that I saw, or can reflect and see that I've had really bad codependencies. And I remember sometimes my friends, let's say in first grade, I had a best friend, she would want to hang out with somebody else. I felt heartbroken, almost, I felt like rejected. And, you know, probably at that age, you couldn't really blame me because I didn't know better. But I feel like some of those things have absolutely translated into my adult life. And I can see those those codependent um, kind of, you know, things happening over and over again, just patterns. So yeah, I mean, I think it's good to talk about definitely because I've only started unraveling a lot of these things within the past two years, but it's allowed me to learn about myself in different ways that I had not even known before and uncover like my own patterns and reasons of how I think and feel so that I can start to almost be an observer, right? Like understand Mm -hmm. these things so that when those feelings do come up of like codependency or, or feeling of heartache, like, where's this coming from, you know, and let me like study, let me journal on this a little bit more. Um, So yeah, yeah, for anybody who's going through it, kind of like their journey, do you have any self-love practices that are your favorite or that you would like to um, share with us? Okay. I had so many, I feel like. I know you (laughs) do. I I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, for one is I think the first place that anyone should ever start is just the body like getting your body in shape and healthy or like whatever that might mean for you. Like getting that exercise, going for a walk. If you don't like exercising, then go for a walk. You know, there's so many benefits for walking and it's a lot of self-love is doing the things that you probably don't want to freaking do (laughs) at first, but, and it's like, it's like, oh, like, I know I need to do this, but I just don't want to do it, you know, (laughs) but you just get it, get up and go do it. Like get up and go do the things that make you feel good. Like why continually suffer? Like, are you a masochist? (laughs) You know, just 
get up yeah. and go do like physical things, especially because that gets you grounded into like the 3D that gets you grounded into your body. And I mean, I suffered from anxiety a lot and I attract a lot of people who suffer from anxiety, especially being empathic. I, um, and like high functioning anxiety and just like being able to do things, but you're doing things because of your anxiety, because you're always wondering what other people are thinking, that you should be doing better, that you need to be capable and stuff like that sort of helps. Like when you do the self-care and you get more grounded into the body, you're not so much in the mind. You're not so much in the headspace because we love to spend our time in the headspace and 80 I believe it's 85% of our thoughts are negative. And so when you get grounded into the body, you're more, and you're more grounded to the earth and nature and everything else. It's like, you are able to observe how you're saying, like you're able to observe versus reacting. And a lot of us like to react out of that negative space. And so you have to turn it around and you have to start focusing on the good things. And I love to use my exercising too, as a way to practice my mentality, to practice my positivity. Like it freaking sucks having to go into the gym, you know, and it's embarrassing at first as well. Like I remember I was like 242 pounds uh, at my highest and I would go to the gym on Friday nights versus going out with friends so that I could learn how to do the workouts. I could learn how to do like the different techniques and stuff. And so that's one. And I do a lot of like, I do enjoy tanning too. (laughs) I feel like it's like, you know, that rush of vitamin D. I mean, we live in Vegas, so we can get that. But especially during the winter months, I do like to get that sun. And I think too, like being an Aries, that I just need that sun, that sun power. (laughs) And um, I also do a lot of skincare stuff. I'm a very tactical person. And I do like feelings. I guess it could be like the love language too, getting in tune with your love language. Um, but I do love, like, I, I think, you know, like I do all the new skin products. And so just making sure that I take care of my skin, which like my body, like my weight was my biggest insecurity. And then my skin was my biggest insecurity. And so that's what I dived into first. I was like, why not just go for the big ones? And then later on, I feel like everything else will sort of follow. And it's true. When you focus on one area of your life, you're able, everything else follows. So definitely practice like your like self-love and for everyone it's different. And I said, I guess go for the big ones first. Like what's your biggest insecurity? Like, what do you think of the negative thoughts most about? Um, And if you don't even know where to start, then start doing the physical stuff. Start moving your body, getting connected with your body, getting grounded into your body. And I feel like that would be my advice. It totally excited me when you said first thing was to get in tune with your body and to exercise in any way that that might work for you, even if it's as uh, as simple as, you know, just a few jumping jacks and then, you know, build on that, you know, and that's how I needed to start because I was somebody who in high school was a part of like all these different team sports and was always active. And then after that ended, I had no structure around my physical activity and adulthood came like through 
my door like a truck and I was just like had no time for physical activity and neither did I want to do it because it just was like oh my god right like I don't want to do this but recently I've been going to the gym and I've really just been making small goals for myself thank you and this is attributed to you because you've been pushing me to do that and but I make small goals for myself like one time I just went to the gym and I'm like okay I'm gonna run for five minutes and when I do that, I'll be happy. So I did that. The next time I went for 10, um, the next few times I went for 20. And I was like, okay, I feel good. But I did notice something that in the beginning, like even if it were only five minutes that I wanted to commit myself to running, if I stayed too much in my head, like if I was like, oh man, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And oh, okay, I'm only at two minutes. I'm only at two minutes and 30 seconds. Like, it felt like forever. And as Mm -hmm. soon as I stopped doing that, stopped looking at the clock, stopped being in my head, and I just felt like my um, awareness go from like my heads and crazy thoughts into my body and just focused on like, oh man, this this actually feels good when I'm like running for for however many minutes. That's when Mm -hmm. I realized like, oh my God, this is the key here. Like this is really... um, you know, and it can go for a lot of different things too. Like probably it's just all that mentality. It's all like that mental game of getting out of your head. So I did want to mention that when you said it, it stood out to me because that's something that I've been realizing recently. Yeah. And with running, you have to control your breathing too. When you're working out, you have Mm -hmm. to engage in that breathing. Like it's like, okay, I have to breathe now, even though I'm dying, like I have to figure out how to breathe right now. Right. Um, you initially start. And I also like how you do it. Don't focus like so much like on a scale or anything. Um, like for me, that was the biggest thing is I used to focus just on the scale and watching the numbers move, which they never freaking moved when I was focusing on the scale. And it's more about like, how can I be better today? It's more how what more I do today? Like how much more can I push myself today? And when you're doing the exercises too, like start training yourself. Like, you know how you're saying that you were thinking about like the negative thoughts, like turn around and be like, no, <laughs> this is me talking to myself. Sometimes I'm like, no, you pansy, you better go and get it on. Like right now, like you better go harder, faster. And like, don't even think about quitting. Like, and that's sort of like how you have to talk, like talk to yourself. And like, I find that when I do that in the gym or do that physically wise, then I'm able to bring that into my career. I'm able to bring that into my relationships. Like, all right, you pansy, like open up, be vulnerable with your friends. Like just share it. Like, what are you so scared of? Like you did this at the gym. Like now you can do it here. Like you were scared there and everything was fine. No one freaking judged you. And so now it's like, do that with your friends, be be vulnerable, be open with your relationships so that you can create better connections, intimate connections. Or like with your career, it's like, man, this is so tough. It's such a high learning curve. Well, it was like that in the gym too. So might as well just freaking just keep going like how, you, how you've been doing. So so that's how I it, that, I sort of yeah. like translate that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So it does and translate it's like, I heard this um, saying like recently too, where it's like, choose your hard. You can choose either to, you know, live an unhealthy lifestyle and probably feel shitty on the day-to-day or you can choose the other hard which is 
you know, still a mental game, but that's going to the gym and roughing it out, but then feeling better afterward. So I always think about that too. When I feel like quitting, I'm like, okay, I can choose my hard right now. What hard do I want to choose? Yeah. yeah I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So a lot, a lot of great points here. And I know we're starting to come to a little bit of a close, but before we do, I want people to know exactly how you can help somebody. Like if somebody's listening right now, tell me who, like, basically just tell me who's the right person that um, aligns with working with you and how can you help them? So I usually, uh, I usually take in people who, are empathic and they they are they're on their journey and they just they're sort of like a little bit lost and especially women it's like that woman uh, who they want more out of life they they're ambitious yet they're still sort of stuck they're stuck because they don't know like where to go they don't know how to listen to themselves and they're sort of just like beat down and like they're listening to everyone else other than themselves and they're, they've tried, usually this is my, what ends up my client, they've tried everything, but, and they feel like they've tried everything, but um, they just don't know where to go anymore. And it's that woman that's ready to invest into herself and she's sort of done with the bullshit, you know, she wants better. And so that's usually who I seem to attract. Um, and usually they're really ambitious women who come to me and they want they want relationship success too. And so it's setting that boundaries and like the dating and not being like picking, <laughs> not picking guys that, you know, treat them crappy. And I help women set those boundaries and be empowered and sort of like really define what they want out of life and what they want, not just out of life, but out of relationships, uh, significant others or friends. And who want to get in tune with spirit as well the universe and they want to broaden their spiritual practices and to yeah so essentially like people that want to connect with spirit because I've found for me personally like there's no better connection and like when you have a connection with yourself you have a connection with spirit and these are I also seem to attract women who, you know, they're amazing, yet they don't know, like they, they put themselves down and they don't think they're as amazing as they are, but they're just, they're just amazing women. They just do, they're doing stuff and they suffer from that imposter syndrome as well. So I people, love it. you know, that yeah. resonate with that spiritual intuitive side for sure. Perfect. Perfect. And I know that you have a lot of great resources out there, like some eBooks and courses. And of course you have your one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, so I want to have everybody go check out Ray's amazing website, um, raygrillo.com. Uh, where else can people find you? So they can find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> I pretty much have everything uh, under Ray Grillo. Awesome. All right. So there's no excuse not to find Ray Grillo somewhere out there in the atmosphere, in the, in the universe. So she's there, go find her. And 
the last thing I wanted to say is I want to give you the opportunity to call upon the audience to take action. So whatever, however this speaks to you, um, feel free to call upon the audience. So uh, I want to go back to that self-love, that self-care, like get grounded into your body. Do stuff that makes your body feel good. Because when your body feels good, you're going to be more in your body versus your head. So, and you're going to be, you're going to be able to observe better than react. So do something with your body, go for a walk or meditate, even if it's just for a minute. Mm. I love you so much. Thank you so much for your time today, Ray. I appreciate it. And thank you for being vulnerable with me. I know that this was a super quick episode and that sucks because you have so much value to give. So I know that we're going to have to speak a few more times on this podcast down the road, but thank you for your time today. And I love you too. Thank you so much for lending me your time today. If you found a moment of zen through this episode, I kindly ask that you leave a review on iTunes so that this message might reach more people. For daily positivity and to join a community of awesome humans, follow us on Instagram at ThePositiveAF.